Hello, this is Diana Olenik, the host of the Alchemia Success Show. I'm super, super excited. Today, joining me on the show is Alexandra Bichkova. She is the expert, expert for virtual events. So she's going to share with us today many insights, strategies, and even her own journey. Thank you very much, Alexandra, for being here today. I really appreciate all the time that you're putting into this and to, you know, guide us into this amazing topic, which is virtual events and which is very relevant during these times. Thank you very much again. And please let us know, how did you get started in all of this, Alexandra? Great. Well, thanks so much for having me. Well, the journey was actually not quite as direct. So I started with the corporate world, as so many of us do. And afterwards, I decided that I do want to continue with my um, entrepreneurship itch. I was always feeling that I needed to do something on my own and also having the family at the same time. It kind of was, was a perfect timing for me to start. And as many as well, I started as a VA. So I was organizing virtual events for various clients, um, summits, webinars. And very soon, I became absolutely fascinated by the virtual uh, events, especially the virtual summits at the time, because they were so powerful. So yeah, as time continued, I started teaching and started hosting my own events and um, experimenting with them a little bit, uh, trying out different formulas, how they work. So yeah, and that's why I'm here today, um, teaching everybody how to do the virtual events. And I've actually pivoted now also after the pandemic, I was helping some of the coaches do uh, retreats, actually in-person retreats, but now I also do virtual retreats. That's awesome. I'm super excited, super, super excited because I have a couple of questions about that. Um, let's start with what is the difference between, you know, like a live normal event and a summit? Like what is a summit actually? I think that this question might, many people might have it. What is a summit? Yeah, the virtual summit is basically a online conference, but it's not what you, you would feel like in a corporate conference, but it's more a, a learning and a training of opportunity for people on a specific topic so it can be actually anywhere from one to seven days and you have uh, different presentations or workshop throughout the day um, covering specific topics and actually addressing a specific po uh, pain point that is relevant for the audience that is listening to that particular summit mm -hmm. so that's in a nutshell um, and it's mm -hmm. all done virtually um, okay. You can have hybrid events and they're, of course, popping up now more and more often. But the virtual summit is all based there on the laptop. You can be home in your pajamas, watching it and learning and connecting with people from all around the world. Yeah. So what's the difference between a summit and a retreat? What would be the difference? So, yeah, I mean, all the virtual events, they have many components that are in common. But for me, a very important is actually what is your target with the virtual event? And I think that's where a lot of hosts, virtual event hosts go wrong because they just think about, okay, I have to host a virtual event because everybody does it. So, okay, I'll do, maybe I'll do a summit, but there's no strategy behind it. And actually mm -hmm. what I'm teaching a lot of the times, I'm thinking, okay, where are you now at with your business? Where are you going and what virtual event makes sense? So a virtual retreat is usually, it, it can be a smaller event than the virtual summits. Usually it's smaller in terms of the number of attendees because the summit it can be you know, tens of thousands of people watching it. 
And for me, the main, re, uh, the main difference is, is that in the summit, it's more of a passive intake of information. So you have presentations, the speaker gives some of their great tips or does a training, but it's actually up to you to implement them. Whereas in a retreat, what usually happens is that you actually actively involve in making sure that you get that little transformation that the host of the retreat is trying to give you. So the retreat is usually more of a more closer connection and retreat is actually not so much about having many speakers or many uh, experts. It's actually more about you, the host, creating that connection with your audience mm -hmm. and giving them a certain transformation. So that's why retreats are kind of a more quainter events if you if you want to have that. Yes. They are not huge. I mean, you, have, you can have hundreds of people, of course, if you're doing guided meditations, things like that. It's easier to organize it, but still, um, it's still smaller. So usually you do not have this huge amount of uh, audience members that you would have for the summit. Yeah, that's interesting because traditionally in a retreat, we would go, you know, and have different activities, you know, like physical outside activities and all of these type of strategies. How it would be now in a virtual retreat to have that type of experience? Is there any way or how does it change in, a, in the virtual world? Well, yeah, the virtual world, of course, it is different, obviously, but I think you still can implement a lot of the elements and still make the whole experience as if it was in an in-person retreat. And a lot of it depends on how creative the host is mm -hmm. and how well you know the audience. So that's why when people start thinking about retreats, I usually advise them to organize retreats when they already know the audience. So, for example, when they're building their audience, summit is a great way because you have many speakers, you bring in new audiences, and that's how you can jumpstart or grow your business. Whereas for a retreat, you really need to know your audience very, very well. You need to have that connection because then you will be able to give them a more tailored solution, a transformation that really makes sense. And this is when a retreat is really successful because there are a lot of events that are happening now but mostly i wouldn't call them a retreat i would call them a workshop because it's kind of a very broad activity and again it's more passive whereas a retreat is very active so you really want a transformation to happen during the retreat so mm -hmm. there are various ways of how you can do it of course you would need a web conferencing platform like for example zoom whereby those kind of basics where you would maybe do a presentation or some meditation or even dancing move or exercises depending on your niche you can still have you can still be there like us talking now and showing uh, to the person and the person on the other side of the camera would be kind of imitating mimicking or asking questions or trying to achieve the same results or learning something but of course as you say in a retreat you have all these extra activities and there are ways to implement them. So, for example, the host can actually plan out um, a little breaks and tell and give the participants to do something in that little break, mm -hmm. a certain exercise on their own or with a group, for example, with the cameras muted. Um, they could have group exercises so you can make little breakout sessions where the group members of the retreats um, solve a certain problem or maybe present a solution or... They, they kind of interact in the little groups. You can have one-on-one -on -one sessions. So it really depends how you plan it out. And when you do that, what you need to have in mind is what transformation you want to achieve. And I think that's very, very important. So when you do a retreat, think about what is the transformation that you want for your clients. And it can be very something, something small. I mean, you know, they learn 
a certain breathing exercise um, or a specific technique, or they, um, they learn, for example, how to fall asleep or how to relax before falling asleep. And I've seen increasingly like that it's quite amazing. They really kind of soothe you into the bedtime for those people who have trouble sleeping. So you have to be really um, very kind of adamant about what you want. And if you have something like maybe psychological anxiety issues, something that needs more work, then you need to think about a longer retreat. And I guess, as I said, different type of sessions um, so that to be able to connect the people, to be able to evolve. And that's where the knowledge of your audience and the knowledge of the problem comes in because it's crucial for you to have a retreat that really um, has the successful results that you want to have. Yeah, so that's speaking about in terms of retreats. My question would be, is that applicable for any other type of virtual event in terms of do I actually need an audience already established and, you know, a big group of people or anybody can start a virtual event? What is your take on that? Everybody can start. Everybody mm -hmm. can start, but it depends what event you start. So, for example, if you have, if you're very new, and I actually have done that experiment myself because I get that question asked how many times. Okay. So I did a one-day summit on baby sleep. So, and I was I had no connections. I mean, I was totally new, new niche. It's just because my kids had trouble sleeping. I knew something about it, mm -hmm. um, but I had no following. I was not doing anything. Yeah. Um, I was just actually a client. I had a baby sleep consultant who helped me through it. And it was actually so fascinating by the profession and also by the amount of help that I received that I thought, okay, I can combine the two. I can do my little experiment and I can also kind of say thank you to the profession of um, baby sleep experts for all the things that they do and maybe let more people know that something like that exists there for all those yes. mothers that do not get any sleep. Yes. <laughs> so, and I did a one this summer, really starting from zero. Uh, and I had a following, so I had about 500, 500 something followers from that one, one day event. And I've created really great connections with many of the speakers. And it took me about just over a month to put it together. Now, I mean, I'm used to doing virtual events, so maybe if that's your first time, maybe take a bit longer to do yes. it, but it's absolutely possible. So that just shows you that if you're brand new, if you have nothing, no followers, no connection, you can still do it. Of course, you have to start small. You don't have to be very ambitious about it. So don't expect, you know, to have high profile influences come to your event if you're new, but it's absolutely fine to start small. And I think that's also one of the messages that I want to tell everybody. Start virtual events, start small. You do not have to be an influencer. You do not have to have a huge following. Mm -hmm. I've done it and you can do it in any niche. Just do a small event, one day event, one day summit. And the summit is great because you actually rely on the speakers to market it. And you mm -hmm. rely on the speakers to bring in the followers for yourself. Mm -hmm. so that will work very well if you're new, if you do not have a lot of uh, huge following, or if you would just want to grow the following. Now, if you have a following already, then, for example, webinars or virtual retreats is a good way to go. But there you really need to have a, a certain, not a huge, but a following that knows you well, that is well nurtured, um, and that will respond to your invitation because you don't want yes. to show up in the nobody there it's a bit sad right yes for sure yes so in terms of that traditionally what i've seen from webinars is that they are you know they promote behind a, um, a product it's not always the case of course i understand that but most of them that i've seen they offer them for free what 
would you advise on on that like is there a certain type of events that work better that are for free or they shouldn't be for free or what would be the price points or what's your recommendation yeah it's, it's a very good question and the best answer i can give you it depends <laughs> but i i can specify yes. it a little bit so of course a lot of the events will be free because you want to hook people in right okay. so for example the webinar you want you want people to come uh, and then you might want to sell to them something afterwards. I mean, webinars don't work as well now as they used to a couple of years ago. So that's why I'm saying you need already an audience that knows you because, you know, it's very rare that somebody comes in cold and after the webinar sells something. So the webinar is actually the main purpose of the webinar, like the classical sales webinar is to sell something, right? Yes. What I've seen happening now, and I think what works very well is actually having series. So now just one standalone event does not work as well as it used to, again, because things are just very saturated now in the digital world and we have to work around it. So what I've seen works very well is, for example, having training series, short three training series on a specific topic that are between 20 and 30 minutes. And then at the end, you do the pitch. So you don't do the pitch straight away because that puts people off and people already know about the pitches. The people already know about how it works so they're tired of it so they want and they want more content so what you can do is you can provide nice training with workbooks with maybe worksheets something in additional for people to give them a lot of value and then at the end they say okay now i have this really great course happening if you want to go deeper into the subject let me know right mm -hmm. so that works very well now i think um mm -hmm. and then of course and for that usually it would be for free because then at the end you're selling something right like virtual retreats are usually it's a paid because it's oh. like you're going for piano lessons or guitar mm -hmm. lessons or dancing lessons. You would pay for yoga class, right? So yes. it's normal that on in a retreat, you still pay for the, for the service. Of course, the price point is lower than you would for an in-person, but it all depends how, how you build your audience, how you build your authority. So with time, of course, you can raise your prices. So I've seen retreat anything between $17 to $100 and even more if it's a weekend retreat. Mm -hmm. So again, it depends if it's just one session, it can be anywhere between 17, maybe I don't know, 67 or $90, depending really on, on the type of event that, you, that you're offering. But if you have mm -hmm. a weekend retreat, of course, you can up the price. So it very much depends on your niche, what you offer, how many sessions you have, how well known you are in your industry and who you're targeting. I mean, you might be targeting an audience that you know, is wealthy, so you can raise the, um, the price point, mm -hmm. um, or you can be, you know, an audience that maybe not as, you know, well off in general. So we have to adapt in that respect. And we have to be realistic and we have to speak about those things when we organize events, because that's just the events world and you, and you want to be successful. And again, it's fine to start small. So for example, if you want to try to retreat, just try on a two, three hour session and then see how it goes. And maybe again, do a series or propose a weekend retreat. And that way you can, you can see how it goes. Now with the summits, they're usually for free, but there is a way to make them pay, uh, paid. For example, again, if you have a following, if you have an exclusive group, you can have even those one-day summits. If, for example, you have a membership site, right? You do something exclusive for them or you organize an exclusive event for your audience knowing exactly what they want. So a training that will be paid. Um, but again, you have to depend, depending on the price point, what, what you want, um, how 
what you offer and also what your audience is um, is willing to pay. Mm. And so you have to know that, but it's absolutely possible. So yeah, so that, that's okay, a bit thanks. of, a bit, it gives you a bit of an idea yes. of what you can do. Mm. For sure. Um, what are the most common mistakes that you've seen there in virtual events? What do you think that is the most common things that you've seen that we can avoid in order to have more successful virtual events? So first of all, really do a great planning. So first of all, really do you know your goals. Why are you doing this event? So what do you want to get out of it? Do you want to grow your audience? Do you want to get some profits? I mean, you know, hosts that have been running many virtual events and then have uh, established audience. Sometimes mm -hmm. they just run an event I don't know, to buy something, right? Mm -hmm. and totally fine because they, they already know and they have an audience, they have a product that they can offer. It's um, That's how it works. If you're just starting out, maybe audience building or building an authority is your main goal. So just focus on that. Don't focus on too many goals because then mm -hmm. you, just, you spread yourself too thinly. And if you are um, doing a summit, other things will happen. So even if you're focusing on audience building, you're still going to earn a good amount of, of cash after the event and you're still going to have visibility and authority, but it's just need to focus really on one main goal and just go for it and really know where you are in your business and what event really fits with your overall business strategy and where you want to go next in your business. So I think those are the things, the really crucial ones. If you crack them, <laughs> then you're really, then you're really good to go. Uh, of course, then there are other ones in terms of themes and speakers, but they come afterwards. So you really need to have the basics right. And when you know that, you're golden. Yeah, thank you. So when you speak about, you know, those series of trainings that you can do, you know, kind of like for uh, start getting the audience, you know, engaged with what is coming, for example, a retreat or something like that. Is uh, What's your opinion there on what is called challenges so those trainings can be inside challenges or they are different type of events or what do you think about challenges now oh i love challenges challenges are absolutely great uh, there are a lot of them happening now especially yeah. on facebook you see um, but again you need to have a purpose with the challenge right so why are you doing the challenge and is what you're offering actually suitable for a challenge right so is it really a challenge, right? Are you, are, you, are you going to be working with your audience members every day? And is it something that they would need to overcome? Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a fear of going live. So you challenge them every day to go live in certain accounts or mm -hmm. for a certain length of time or cover certain topics. And there needs to be a progression, right? So you need to start with something and you need to progress and build up every day. And then you, at the end of it, the participants need to feel like, okay, they've accomplished something. So be realistic about the goals, about the challenge that you put together. Um, but at the end of it, they need to feel like, okay, now I can go live because I've done it. Now I feel more confident or it's not as frightful anymore or I've, I've done it once, I can do it again. So those, even the changes do not have to be life-changing, but there need to be a certain feeling of the participants that they have achieved something. Um, okay. And it's very important that uh, throughout the challenge, you as a host are present and that you're active, that you're participating and that really you get the engagement going within the group or within um, the community that you're doing the challenge. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is super exciting. You know, like it's a lot of information that we can all um, actually start exploring and start, you know, organizing what is the best strategy, as you said. The very first step is to set clearly what are the goals and from that create the strategy. So that's a very, you know, insightful. Thanks for that. My next question for you would be, um, we know how with technology, it's now like a fast pace. I don't know if you can, uh, you know, also see that. Like, it's like there is something outside and then there is the next thing and the next thing. And as you were explaining, once something gets saturated, the strategy doesn't work as well. For example, uh, with the webinars. Where do you feel that this is going in terms of these uh, online events how what do you foresee this uh, going uh, as, as an expert in individual events well i think the virtual ones are here to stay because um with what we've seen this year happening and yeah. it has really stimulated many people to go virtually and i think exactly. many businesses see the advantages of it yeah. um, it's not only it's environmentally friendly and it's cost cutting and you can really connect with people so much easier of mm -hmm. course uh, in-person events are there to stay and they're very valuable yes. and of course there are certain aspects of in-person events that you just cannot cover with virtual events and that's mm -hmm. you have to be realistic about that yes. but still you can really go as close as as you want with all this wonderful new technologies that are out there with the virtual events. So what I think with virtual events will happen is that they'll become shorter and more focused. So uh, of course, okay. um, summits that are happening for many days and I'm actually in the process of organizing one for the fall as well myself, they will still happen. But gone are the days when you could just throw together loads of influencers in a five day event, have 20 speakers, that are just you know there because they have huge following and have a successful event. No, I think now what's happening is really you need to focus. You need to focus very much on your niche and very much on the problem that you're solving. Mm -hmm. And there will be a lot of focus on building a community and engagement around the event. Because we are busy online, we have so much going on. We have our own Facebook groups, we have other people's Facebook groups, we have uh, email lists, different social media. Yes. Wow, it's a lot, right? Yes. So um, you really need to make sure that people come to you, right? Mm -hmm. so, and what, how you can do that is you build a community, and that's the best way to do that. And virtual events are great at, at doing that, but in in to make it successful, you really need to niche down and um, tackle a specific problem with the virtual events. So even if you have yes. quite a broad niche yourself and, or you're doing different things when you organize an event you really have to look very deep at a specific pain point a specific problem and dive into that and what i think will happen we'll see many more shorter events like when it comes to summits there'll be many more one day summits or two three day summits that are shorter just because you know our attention spans are reducing and we don't have as much time i mean i can't i, I can't even imagine to sit through a whole week of a summit and listen to all the presentations, regardless how amazing they are. I just yes. don't have the time, and I yeah. think anybody else has that. So you would still pick out the presentations that are relevant for you. So why go through all the effort of putting all these speakers together, uh, rather than maybe, as again, do a series of one-day summits, for example, on specific topics, targeting 
very specific issues so that the people that are interested in these issues will come get the information you get the audience or maybe you sell a product to them afterwards that is relevant for them and then you move on so it, i think this kind of very targeted approach is something that is going to happen with the virtual events it's already happening but i think it's, it's going to go more in that direction Wow, this is amazing. I'm super, super excited for all of this conversation. It's, it's um, super interesting and I agree. I think that it seems to be more and more and more targeted because there is so much, so much distraction, so much volume and, you know, people that have huge followings, they can afford to speak about these general topics, but as we have like more, you know, still engaged, but smaller audiences, it's really important to try to find these other problems that they don't seem to be, you know, like um, offering solution for that. So that would be uh, like a good strategy right there. Thanks for that insight. So I'm excited also about you, like what are your projects, how your business is going, um, uh, do you have any, you know, things there working in the background of your business, what is happening with you? Yeah, so I've actually I've recently uh, launched a Facebook group just because I've seen so many virtual events happening and I thought I can I need to get a, a group just yes. to really upscale the level of the events so that yes. really keep them focused, really tell them, okay, just hold on, don't just host an event just for the sake of hosting one, really have a strategy behind it, really make sure it's high quality, it's relevant for your audience, re relevant for your business. So that's the process and the purpose of the group and we're covering different events, so summits, retreats, mm -hmm. webinars. Um, we're also, also going to do challenges um, as well in that group. So I'm really excited about that, having mm -hmm. people there interacting, learning from them as well because it's a really great experts in that group yes. and I've also actually launched a group coaching program which I haven't seen it before actually in that way that it covers all these virtual events um, just to help people really on a more specific uh, and a more targeted way to to really get a virtual event strategy because you can have a business growth strategy with virtual events and many people don't think about that right but you can yes. if you implement them in a certain way and that's what I want to teach people because it's fun, right? I mean, you can even do virtual parties as part of your business growth strategy, right? That's mm -hmm. great. Then just, you know, sitting on social media, posting, 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 yes. you organize a party and get new followers and, you know, implement it in that way that you get more sales um, in a couple mm -hmm. of weeks. So I think that's great. And I hope I can help people with that. That's awesome. What's the name of the group? Uh, yes. Sorry. What's the name of the group? Oh, uh, the name of the group, yes. So it's a Virtual Events Explosive Growth Lounge. Oh. A, a virtual Events Lounge, if you um, find it on Facebook. Okay, for sure. Yeah, we're going to put the, the notes in, in the in the show. And notes. That's amazing. Uh, yes, I think that that's a great idea. It's like when there is a group for a podcast, you have your group for your virtual events. It's so relevant, so useful. I'm super glad that you decided to do that. There is many people needing help right now to understand what is the proper way to set up these virtual events to get the best results that um, anybody can, can have tailored for their own needs. So that's absolutely great that you created that group. That's awesome. Thank you. So um, what would be 
you know, the best ways that people can get a hold of you besides the group uh, and also for your coaching, how people can get, you know, advice from you or get to work with you? What are your best ways to reach you out? Um, well, yeah, or through the group because that kind of leads to all the other things. And then okay. I have also an Instagram handle. It's mm. virtual.events. Okay. And I also have a Facebook business page where I also post all the things that are happening in my business that I'm selling yes. or the programs that I have running. And it's Virtual Events Academy. It's the Facebook business page. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. So um, anything else that you'd like to add before uh, we wrap up for the session? great thank you it's been a wonderful conversation i really really enjoyed it i'm really i'm really passionate about talking virtual events and i'm happy yes. about any opportunity to do so yes i can see that you have so much insight and so much knowledge to share and it's wonderful that you take the time to actually help people with their strategies with their you know challenges and the support that you're giving away is unbelievable it's wonderful and thank you for that um, is there any question that you wish I had asked you today, Alexandra? Um, I think we've covered it pretty pretty much. I mean, there's so much you can go down deep into all the virtual events um, strategies and all the, what you can do. So, I mean, we'll be here all day talking about it. So I think we've really covered the basic. Thank you so much for all your really insightful, really, really good questions. Um, I really appreciate it. Mm, thank you very much. So before we go, I'm going to start reading a couple or basically one, so I can leave some for later, <laughs> of the recent reviews that we had for the podcast. Somebody, or actually Devin Rosillo said, thank you for creating an awesome listen. Your inviting and welcoming energy makes your podcast even more exciting to dive into. I'm super, super grateful for like from anybody who helps me to promote the podcast because as I said, this is a social uh, mission. It's a way for me to give um, away. I've had so many wonderful blessings and opportunities in my life and I just enjoy this so much. This is a passion for me and I'm super glad every single day that I'm doing this. So thank you very much, Alexandra, for being here today. And uh, I guess that in a future opportunity, we can meet again and do another amazing episode with any other new offer that you have for us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And see you in the next episode. Bye, Bye for now.